Welcome to Season 3 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations with the mad scientist and myself as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. All right, good people. We're back at it again. Another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. And this week's podcast is brought to you by Hunter HD Gold. The sunglasses that both the math scientist and myself shoot when we do competitions. So their logo is they change so you don't have to. So go check out Hunter HD Gold and give them a like, follow, subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And most importantly, go buy their product. And sitting right across from me is the one and only, my brother, my buddy, the person who I reference, who I call the encyclopedia, my main man, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> What's going on, Dave? What's up, Mike? Not too much, man. How's it been going for you? It's been going all right. Hunter's HD gold glasses, they change so you don't have to, is um, something I didn't understand initially. But um, if you ever, if you're ever at a you know, a major match, a level two match, Brian, it will most likely be there. So <laughs> he's had somehow he's only one person. I think <laughs> there may be two of him, but I've only met one Brian, but anyway, he seems to be at every uh, major match there is around the country mm-hmm. and he'll let you borrow a set of his uh, glasses to try them out. And that's what sold me on them. Really. I tried them out at our SC sectional match about two years ago. Right. And um, I was I, I actually carried three different sets of safety glasses in my, in my range bag right. for for different lighting conditions, because I can never, you know, if you have dark, you know, tinted sunglasses, they're great in bright light. But what if you get cloud cover, then you, it's hard to see anything at all, especially when, you, you know, you need to focus on your sights or, or a red dot. Um, Hunter's HD gold glasses will adjust to to all those lighting conditions, and I experienced it on a, on a, a loner set, and that's what really sold me sold me on the product. And it has absolutely been worth every penny of it uh, since I purchased a, a set of those glasses. I can actually say the same thing. Um, I'm a true believer in the product. I actually own three pair of the glasses, and at any given time, I'll have two of them with me at the range. And yeah, actually, one pair um, strictly for driving. So whenever I'm driving, normally if you see me with yellow tinted glasses on, it's Hunter HD goals. It's I have a pair I leave in, in my truck. They just stay in there because they're my driving glasses. Yeah, great minds think alike. <laughs> That's what it is. So I want to go ahead and dive into this week's episode because we left off with, we already covered when we did area six, we already covered yep. North Carolina state match. So right after the North Carolina state match, we had like a little gap. And when you and I was talking one time, I stated that I wanted to do steel challenge because I've been saying for years, I wanted to do a steel challenge match. So we actually decided to go do a steel challenge match together. Yeah, we did it at uh mid mid Carolina. Yes. And that was my first time doing a steel challenge match. And I 
thought it was funny because of the fact everybody's looking at me who people who knew me they was like oh, okay yeah you shoot but i'm asking so many questions and now the same people <laughs> like well it's a plan with us <laughs> and i was like no nah, man i never shot still challenge before I mean, you, you shoot yeah but it's <laughs> it's it's, a, it's like a different sport almost yes um just you know a little bit different rules i mean they're very similar to uspsa as far as you know your range commands go anyway but but the game is different so it's um it it you know it you probably after one match you you know you or a couple stages even you understand everything because they're all so similar but it was fun i enjoyed shooting it with you i've always enjoyed still challenge and like i said um i even went back a second time so i was telling coach b about still challenge and of course she she was like she wanted to see what it was about and we went to it a second time like the following month oh did she go with you yeah she actually went oh i didn't know that and the same thing the same questions i was asking she was asking me (laughs) so yeah well you know it's common yeah so you need to understand the rules one thing about that um still challenge is for me if i was to get my daughter into shooting and like competition that's where I would start at. I wouldn't just start with putting a belt on her, giving her a firearm and magazines and tell her to go. You know, I would actually work on the fundamentals and get her and still challenge because I honestly believe if you do still challenge all the time, you will get faster and then that will carry over to even if you're doing IDPA or USPSA, even three gun. It definitely will. And and that's where I got started in with steel challenge. I never really had like a big interest in steel challenge, but um, when my son started getting interested in shooting uh, with me, we started going to steel challenge and I, and, uh, I built him a uh, Ruger 2245 open gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had, you know, I had a red dot sight on it and a compensator and it was super easy to shoot. Um, 22 caliber i mean there's no recoil plus there's a compensator and you know it's super easy but he enjoyed it because it's because he could hit stuff (laughs) you know and i think you know you have the option of uh 22 uh rifles Mm -hmm. um you've got pcc you got pcc iron sights you got pcc optics and, and the same thing with 22 caliber 22 caliber is something that's unique to um steel challenge you can't do that in uspsa so it's it's really easy you don't have to draw from a holster you don't have to do reloads on the clock and it's super easy way to introduce introduce people to competitive shooting and it, it is a lot of fun yeah it's it's a ton of fun um even when you and i went and of course you know in steel challenge you're not running around like you see in the videos that we post on uspsa right all the stages were stationary in a shooting box, but yep, you the, just stand there. the target array is different for each stage and it's challenging. And for someone who shoots USPSA all the time, you can get used to drawing your firearm and engaging targets, either hands above your shoulder or just coming out the holster. Yeah. But a lot of times when you do stuff like that, you discover a corner you can cut that works for you. But if you go to Steel Challenge and try to cut that same corner, it's going to tell on you. you know. <laughs> yeah, you're shooting at eight inch 
round steel at yes. uh, 15 yards or so. So <laughs> you got to be on your sights and have your trigger pull figured out. And yeah, it really, you know, it, it's, it's basic pistol shooting fundamentals or, or shooting fundamentals. Cause you can shoot rifles in it too. Well, pistol caliber anyway, or 22. Right. Um, so I don't, it's, it's a great way to, to introduce people to the sport and, I think I, you know, I like shooting it as an advanced, you know, practical shooter or whatever. I still like shooting it because it is great practice for transitions and shot calling. And that's how I looked at it. Um, The reason why I wanted to do it, because having a conversation with a couple other people and everybody was focusing on transitions, you know, and that, of course, that, that's all the game is. Yeah. Steel challenge, shot calling and transitions. Yeah. So for me, one thing I did discover that I do, and it's a bad habit, and I feel like I'm breaking it now. Whereas if I go from one target to the other, I'm literally just following the sights. I, I used to do that yeah. all the time hard, man. But now I think I have it down packed to whereas I'm actually looking and then bringing the sights to my sight. Yeah, and I think that comes from a just a comfort level, um, with with your shooting ability or or anyone you know. Once you're comfortable enough to look at a target and bring your gun up into position and know your sights are in place, you know you don't have to. You don't. You probably won't feel like you need to just follow your sights from target to target. That's you know it's just an experience thing, I believe. Yeah, well, for me. I think what a lot of it is, is the fact, you know, doing something military related for over so many years. And when you do stuff, you only can move as fast as the slowest person in your team, you know, or your squad, you know, and a lot of times we have to focus on safety, you know, and going slow sometimes is that safety measure. But like I've always said, you can't compare what you do in the military to what you're doing in competition because fighting or maneuvering in a team or squad or some type of element is totally different than moving individually. Oh, it it definitely is. You don't have to worry about someone else shooting back at you or being around a corner when you're, you're coming (laughs) around a wall or something. Right. So, but like I said, um, Still challenged. Um, I really enjoy it. So I'm I'm gonna knock out well it depends on this primer and ammo situation we got going on in the country, but yeah, next year um I do plan on doing at least one still challenge a month, you know. So it's fun. I I uh orig- I got into it fairly seriously when I uh, about when I first started shooting, you know, competitive competitively and because i had envisioned this grand scheme that my wife and son and i we would travel to these level two steel challenge matches and we have we would have vacations and we would all shoot these matches together and we would go do fun stuff and uh, i tried it and it didn't really work out (laughs) (laughs) i think you could i think it could work out if your wife is is and as into shooting as you are but 
my wife is not but so uh we we traveled to a couple uh matches and we you know did some fun family vacation stuff while you know Mm -hmm. throughout the weekend and i shot a match but um my son shot a couple with me but they're just not as into it as i am so i i get it i'm not gonna force it on anyone but it is it's a lot of fun for any experience level any age group really um, as long as you can safely handle a firearm, it's a, it's a great competitive uh, platform to to get involved with. I totally agree. So, um, but let's go into a commercial break right now. And when we come back off this commercial break, we got a special announcement we're going to make, and then we're going to pick it up and talk about the Georgia State match as well. So, stay in your seats, and here are a few words from our sponsors. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic holster is available in four different models fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. All right, good people. We're back at it again. Once again, like you already know, sitting across from me is my main man, the mad scientist, Dave. Back here with Mike. Hey, that's it right there. So before the commercial break, we stated we want to make a special announcement. And the special announcement is that I actually signed for the 2021 season with JM4 Tactical. Yes. 
Yes. That is exciting news. That is very special announcement. So, I've seen some of their work recently. Yes. Um, now, what you've seen at the range, that was my mess up. So don't think that was their mess up because what I actually did when we actually finalized everything, when they was giving me the holster, they asked me what, what I was shooting. And I told them the um, STI DVCL. This was probably a week before I got the word that I was going to get the Brazos custom. And I'm thinking, okay, it looks the same as it's going to fit the holster. And of course, when I got the Brazos custom gun, which I will be shooting in the 2021 season, it did not fit the JM4 holster. Oh, the, the, what? no, I didn't think anything was wrong with the holster. The frame is a little bit different and it just yeah. needs a little adjusting, a little fine tuning to make it work with that gun. Yeah. So what I actually discovered is the Brazos custom is a little bit wider than the STI. So by that being a little bit wider, I had to adjust the holster a little bit because I didn't want to call the holster company after about two weeks. Yo, I need another holster, you know. So I was like, okay, I can do this myself. This is too easy. So um, actually I hit you up and you expressed to me, get some fuel on um, for the spacing. So I went to AutoZone, got some fuel on. <laughs> yeah, so and I don't, it works. Yeah, it works. And I went to Lowe's, got some longer screws. And that first time I attempted to do it, I wasn't measuring everything properly. So I had uneven portions and it just didn't sit right. So when I called you and I was like, look, um, help me with this. And you said, okay, we'll do something the next time we link up. Uh, we went to Spartanburg, we shot Spartanburg. And because I had the longer screws in with the original spacers, it fit the Brazos custom perfectly but the screws were too loose and all the movement of me grabbing the firearm on the draw actually had the two screws fall out. Yeah. I saw it before we started shooting that match and I was like, man, those things are going to fall out. And you said, no, I got tape on the back of them. Yeah. I was like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> well, let's go. <laughs> so, uh, Did they I, actually fall out in the match? Yeah. It was the last stage. You, I don't know if you remember, but the last stage, I got a close-up video of it that I posted on YouTube. Yeah, and there, it was missing the top two screws. <laughs> yeah. So what actually ended up taking place was, like I said, I had the longer screws in there just so it can accommodate the Brazos Custom until I got it fixed correctly. So the last stage when I went to go do my make ready and I felt it kind of fall out the holster a little bit when I touched the firearm, and I, I looked down and I saw the two screws missing. I was like, Oh, that's not good. <laughs> you know? So I was like, okay, cool. Let me just get through this stage and I'll deal with that after the fact. So went ahead, ran through the stage and then turned around, found the screws. And then I said, okay, when I get home, I'm going to go ahead and figure out how to do this. Because when we left um, Spartanburg, we went to Belton for 2021 South Carolina sectional, um, observant stuff i guess yeah yeah we went to check out the range and then uh get right. a good idea of what the stages need to look like and what the bays look like and yeah so when i got home i actually took the calipers and measured it off with the firearm in the holster yeah so for 
for what we're talking about, if it's kind of like if you can imagine like a taco shell that wraps around the gun and you have the top portions of it that where you have a couple, well, in, in this case, three screws going through the, the tip of the taco shell. And uh, you usually use a little bit of a, like a, a rubber gasket in between the two halves of the taco shell, which would just applies a little bit of tension to the holster, gives you a little retention on your, on your firearm. And, it, and it's adjustable with these screws. And in Mike's case, his holster was designed for a different firearm. So it didn't quite fit this one. And he, he loosened everything up so much that this just, screws fell out while you know while we were shooting the match but now everything is is we put some longer uh spacers in there which um turned out to be um automotive fuel line tubing it's just a little rubber tubing because it's super cheap and you can <laughs> you can cut it whatever length you want mm -hmm. um but now everything's running great the holster is fantastic um everything's nice and the screws shouldn't fall out anymore Hey, that was, that's the main part right there. But I'm gonna keep that tape on the back. That's my good luck. <laughs> Just leave it on there. That's fine. Yeah. So that was the special announcement that I actually signed with Jam Four Tactical and will be shooting with the Jam Four holster with a jersey at the major matches that I go to. Very nice. Yes. Let yeah. me know if they start making race holsters. <laughs> yeah, that's my next conversation. So. <laughs> Right now, what we're going to do is here in about a week or two, we're going to be taking professional pictures. So you're going to be seeing all kind of stuff come across social media feed here in a little bit. Nice. Yeah. But backing it back up right after the Steel Challenge um, adventure that we had that I truly loved. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, we went into the Georgia State match. Now... The Georgia State match, I was kind of worried about this match, but I was very excited about it as well, you know, only because I never shot at this range before. And listening to everybody talk, I'm thinking people are talking more than what they're actually expressing, you know, so I'm more like, okay, whatever. Looking at the matchbook, now I'm looking at the stages and the matchbook was the first thing that really impressed me because that was the first time I seen a matchbook that well organized. Everything was like right there on one stage, all the points, all the round count, the name of the stages. That was, a, that actually yeah. sold me on that. That, that is nice to mm -hmm. someone to have spent a little bit of time on, on developing the matchbook. I'm going to do my best to, you know, present a good matchbook for the South Carolina section match next year. Right. But that is a great example, um, you know, of what it, it can be. Yes, I totally agree. So, and then when we actually got boots on the ground and started looking at the stages, that match, I was fully happy when I left that match, you know. And then to let everybody know, I did beat Lucky at the Georgia State match. <laughs> <laughs> man oh man all right yeah but what are you gonna do after uh toys for tots match is over what are we gonna talk about if we can't talk about competing with lucky anymore 
well, I know where Lucky <laughs> lives at, so I would go to his house, <laughs> start heckling him outside the window. <laughs> Lucky, what are you doing? You better be drop fire. <laughs> Actually, one thing about it is, even though me and Lucky got this, you know, friendly competition within the sports, and it's really just something to help raise money for whatever organization that we're going for. So mainly our conversations back and forth and the competition realm is mainly for the Toys for Tots that's um, take place uh, that took place last weekend. But we're going to talk about that on the next show. So yeah, yeah, this we're, we're coming up for the Toys for Tots as we're recording this right now. But um, the show's going to air afterwards. But right. it's it. I think we're going to have a great turnout and we'll get some more coverage on it on the next next show but the funny thing about it is whenever we go to the range i've always found out that i have another challenger or competition of some such that i didn't know about until i start talking to people do you okay yeah, it always worked like that like i didn't know me and travis had one and he was like, yeah, you know, me and Mike got this competition. I like that. We got one too. <laughs> okay. I'm cool with that. Travis. Yeah. I, was like, Travis. I didn't hear about that one. Yeah. Yeah. He, but Travis been joking on me about this competition since we went through the Tim Heron class. And okay. Okay. that was back over the when, summer. I guess. Yeah. That was like over the summertime. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's one of them. And then it was like three or four more people said the same thing to me at matches and I was like okay yeah let's do it let's do it you know but I don't know if they want <laughs> that competition realm like over the podcast or social media <laughs> I think some people just like a beating I guess <laughs> you know I never turned down a challenge so. <laughs> that's good we, we can do it but whatever we do it has to be in the name of some form of a charity whereas we can raise money for that organization or just donate to it, you know, bring a little humor to it. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's great that we have the opportunity to, to do things like that. And um, oh, yeah, I really enjoy that. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I totally agree. So what was the one stage at the Georgia state match that you felt gave you issues? You know, I actually, I, I felt good at the Georgia State match. I, I just came off of the North Carolina State match where I almost won the, the thing overall. I actually, just today, I, I got the plaque for the Georgia State match, and it, and it says, um, um, let me think, I don't know, it's in the kitchen. It says, it's like, first master second overall open division something like that and i missed first place by like half a percent man so i was almost there oh man yeah. um at the north carolina match but i you know i felt really good about it it was i the whole match in north carolina i'm talking about i, I shot to my potential i was happy with it regardless of the results i felt like i i shot my match and um that's that's all that i really try to do when, when I go to these major matches, I'm not trying to do anything in particular. I'm just trying to shoot off of, you know, what I've been practicing and at my current skill level. 
and I came I came out of that North Carolina match into the Georgia match feeling really good about it and thought that you know I was going to have a similar performance and I didn't I um I think I, I was too slow I was taking too much time um trying to you know and, and get good good perfect sight pictures on things I believe and it just ended up being too slow and it and it cost me I ended up like third uh master at that match and I was down I think below the top 10 which is for me I was expecting more because I know I'm capable of more so I was a bit just I was disappointed about that I, none of the stages really gave me a whole lot of trouble there were some that were were interesting and, and required a little more thought but I was it, me mentally my mental game gave me more trouble um than a, than a particular stage yeah, when when I went into the Georgia State match, I went into it feeling good because of coming off of Area 6. I felt really good coming off of Area 6. So I felt like everything was on an uptick since then. And the Georgia match proved it. And as you said, there was about two stages for me that I had to put some serious thought into it, whereas I didn't do a walkthrough like half the time. I'm sitting there literally thinking about what I need to do. And yeah, just vi visualizing, the just visualizing. Yeah, yeah. no, that that's great. The one that, I don't know if you remember, but it was stage four, the one where I almost tripped coming around that corner. Is one whereas um, the you had two the swingers. No, this one was no. like kind of the sideways stage. I don't know if you don't remember that one. Mm. Let me do this. I'm gonna I don't remember exactly what stage four is. I'm sure I remember the stage. I just don't no, no, remember no. the numbers. No, no. no, that wasn't stage four. Which stage was it? It was stage six. Okay, yeah, it was stage six. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to screen share this to you. So, so you that one was on around the corner from the main shooting area or, or the first four stages. All right. Tell me, yeah, you... yeah, yeah. I see it now. Yeah. So. Oh, that's the one where you broke the fault line. No, no, not that one. This not is this one? one. No, no, that's not this one. This is the okay. one. Okay. <laughs> I think you started in the front and worked your way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this one. Yeah, and I started like in the middle, but I came backwards and came around. And right, there, I thought I personally, I just thought watching you shoot this, it looked crazy. <laughs> but... Yeah, <laughs> it's only because of the way you was thinking about how you. Yeah, was... and it's just did me. I just was like, what in the world are you doing? But <laughs> this was a very unique stage. There was a lot of different shooting positions that you had to get in and out of. A lot of different walls you had to move around. Right now. This is the one, right? Stage four is the one where I broke the fault line. That was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> awesome. So, um, and for those of everybody who is wondering what we're talking about, if you go back through my Instagram feed, you can actually see where I talked about yeah, right um, here. <laughs> Georgia State match. And it was stage four, whereas I actually stepped around the corner and I broke the fault line. Just pushing hard, getting getting out of position or from a moving to a different position. Yes. So but that stage right there was probably that one, well the two that we just looked at, stage yeah. four and stage six. Those were the two whereas I felt you had to put extra thought into it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely only did. because of the fact 
regardless of where you started at, it gave you so many options. And there were the a lot, yeah. And those are the type of stages I like, whereas you got those options, it's, it's a matter of, okay, how can I do this effectively? And I just love that challenge when it comes to shooting. Oh, yeah. And these, these stages in particular, you had um, just the way they were designed. It, wasn't, it was not a square, you know, shooting area. You had different alleys, mm-hmm. um, you know, alleyways you could go in between these walls. You probably had like four or five different start positions or that you could choose from because the stage briefing told you you could start anywhere within the shooting area right that was a pretty vast you know area for you to choose from yeah especially like Um, and it was a lot of different little ports and walls and things you yeah so especially like when you looked at stage six you potentially had seven starting positions at stage six was it seven yeah yeah because i didn't i didn't realize there were that many but yeah i knew there there were a lot Mm -hmm. You had six points, but if you started in the middle and decided to take a long shot, that's the seventh position. <laughs> right yeah, there. well, that's that's fun to me. I think that's an interesting stage. Exactly. And it was, I was like, yeah, I like this one. And then, like I said, stage four, everybody, I think I took the easy route on that stage thinking, okay, if I start right here, I'm going to finish right here and it's just going to flow like that. But regardless of where you started at, it still gave you the options, whereas you could have started in the middle, worked up, worked back, and then went to the left and then still came around the complete front side and finished off everything. Like I'm sitting there analyzing and trying to figure out, man, out of the four ways that I just realized that you can do this, what is the best way I can possibly run this? Yeah. There were several stages there gave you a lot of options. And I think that's one of the um, things that, you know, helps, helps a a good stage design where you have options. Everybody might not necessarily shoot it the same way, which is cool because, you know, you, you have the option of shooting to your abilities, Um, you know, whatever that might be. If you, if you're good at shooting on the move or you, or you you have faster transitions or something, you can choose to shoot that stage the way that it benefits you. And I think that's a great stage design. Yeah, it was fantastic. That was a fantastic stage design. Um, so, but like I said, going into the Georgia State match, those were my two favorite stages. And I couldn't tell you which one I like better between those two. So that was legitly a tie right there, only because the thought process yeah. that it challenged me with. So the Georgia State match as a whole, uh, I even though I was not happy with my, my finish outside of that, man, the match was great. The stages were a lot of fun. The stages were great. The match was ran very well. We did the um, half day format. Yes. Um, you know, like we've been talking about on a couple episodes, like we're going to do it the uh, 2021 SC section match. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we actually finished up early, like earlier than predicted if I remember correctly. Um, No, I think what it was when we finished up, it was lunchtime for the staff. So is that what it was? Yeah. And the way they had it timed up and everything, it gave the oncoming shooters time to prep. And then it also gave those ROs a little break. So it kind of looked like we finished early, but 
it was lunchtime, the last stage that we shot. Well, it we really went through it quickly. I felt like, man, and it was great. It was a lot of fun. Man, I want to say we finished at like 12 o'clock or earlier. Yeah, it was 11 30, 12 o'clock, something like that. We shot 10 stages. Yeah, especially level two that's match. my question. Like, are y'all sure we just shot? <laughs> <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't make sense to me. That was, it was great. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, we shot with a great squad. Um, I enjoyed the match very much. I very appreciate the range, mm -hmm. um, you know, hosting the Georgia State match. And um, I look forward to going back again next year. It, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, for those who are following the limited division, John Browning, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, he actually won the Georgia State match in the limited division. So, yeah, I think he always wins the Georgia State match, doesn't he? <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> well, he's in Georgia. He's stationed in Georgia. That's where he's living now. You're going to have to take that tile away from him soon, though. Uh, yeah, I'm working on that right now. <laughs> As we speak, <laughs> I'm thinking about how I can do this. <laughs> yeah, so stages, as you already know, Lucky and myself went through a CRO class not too long ago. And right now for the South Carolina sectional, you're working on stage designs and are you finding that to be a challenge or how are you actually looking at it? Uh, so, you know, we had our uh, SC section committee meeting last, last night uh, from when we're recording this and I had uh, all the stages pretty well designed and uh, presented them to everyone on the committee. And we kind of, you know, roughly critiqued them and, and went over that. And some of, yeah, some of it's been a challenge, but I've getting some, been getting some input from some other good stage designers. I'm getting some input from you, mm -hmm. um, from, from Nero out of, uh, I think he's in Charleston area. Uh, Travis. I'm not, yeah. I'm not certain what Nero's from, but one thing about Nero is I like his memory stages, but I like memory stages in general. Yeah. You two guys are weirdos. Um, here. I don't know what's wrong with you, but um, Travis has been, uh, Crane's been working with me on some stage design stuff. He's been helping me out at the CSRA shooters match also. Um, so, you know, we ended up with 10 stages. We went over all of them last night and, and you know, critiqued some stuff and we're going to make some changes and adjust some things, but we're, we're pretty well, pretty close to being complete with the stages. Um, and it has been a challenge because it's a lot of stages and there's a lot of different considerations Yeah, when you're looking at 10, 10 plus stages and you're looking at the, the things you have to consider with a level two match, you have to make sure that you can turn, turn over the stages quickly. You can reset them fairly quickly to get a lot of shooters through quickly. Um, you have to, you know, I don't, there's a lot to consider. So it has definitely been a challenge. Oh, yeah. And as I stated to you beforehand, after taking the CRO course, there were a lot of things that I kind of took for granted when it came to stage designs, only because I didn't know. That's the only reason. But now knowing what I do know, it kind of gives you more of a funnel vision as to what to do and what the intent should be. Yeah, definitely. You know, so when 
I was helping set up for the Toys for Tots match. I was literally sitting there critiquing, just like how you always talk to me. Hey, look for the shoot throughs. Look for this. How many shots at one position compared to the next? Yeah. Man, I was sitting there. And when we talk about the Toys for Tots, I want to hear your thoughts on stage five. That's the only stage I okay. want to hear your thoughts about. Stage so five. you've designed a lot of the stages for Toys for Tots. Yeah, Miss Linda actually used three of the stages. Three? Okay. Yeah, three stage designs that I came up with for Toys for Tots. And one of those stage designs was the revamping of the stage that I used for the CRO course. Okay. You know, so, yep. you know, so of course. We'll talk about you, that next week. Yeah. So when you go through the CRO course, you have to come in with a stage design and you actually break it down as to the rules to make it compliant with the rules. And of course, when we did it for the CRO class, another team made the corrections to my stage. So I didn't have any input on the corrections. It was only that team to make it within the rule book because we had to do the same thing on another stage. Yeah. Yeah. So designed a stage and then yes. handed it off to another squad to correct critique it and make it, you know, fall within the rules. Mm -hmm. So Miss Linda, um, she hit me up and asked me to use that same stage design, but you know, make it better. And that's what I did. So I tweaked it a lot, but at the same time, that's going to be stage six at the toys for tots charity match. That's good. I'm looking forward to the match. Um, at this point, we've already shot it, but <laughs> I'm sure we had a great time. And I know that we have raised a lot of money for the Toys for Tots. And, and this match kind of honors veterans also. All the stages are, uh, I think from what Linda said, they're, they're named after uh, Medal of Honor. Um, recipients, yes. Recipients, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are seven stages, um, seven Medal of Honor recipients. Um, so go check, go check out the um, MCRC page if you can get information on the stage names. There are the names of these these Medal of Honor recipients. Check them out, Google them, see what these guys are doing for our country and and what they're doing to help us uh, keep our freedom. That's it right there. So. Now, we have a interview this week with Jessica Hook. With Jess, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to talk with Jessica Hook, and we're going to talk about her shooting the memorial match that took place in North Carolina not too long ago. And then she picked up a new sponsorship as well. So, with Beretta. Yeah, so we, we're going to talk about that and hear what she has to say about all that good stuff. I really think we need to go shoot that match. That looked like a lot of fun. I said it last year. I was shoot <laughs> so, it this year. So if anything, if it doesn't like go against anything I already have scheduled for the year, we're going to be there. Yeah, we need to do that. Man, that looked like a ton of fun. Yes. So you want to go ahead and take a moment and um, say what you want to say to the good people? Yeah, I just want to, uh, again, thank the sponsors that, that help us out and help us do what we do. Um, the Blue Bullets, um, Sharpshooters sharp Outdoor Range here in Augusta, Georgia. Um, Hunters HD Gold that we mentioned this, this episode is brought to you by. And um, Gun Butter, 
um, with the winter months coming up, go check out gunbutter.com. This is how I actually um, stumbled across gunbutter. I was shooting um, in cold weather and my gun started, the slide started slowing down because of the lubricant, the oil I was using was, was getting, uh, you know, a little thicker in, in the colder weather and it was slowing my gun down, causing malfunctions. And I came across gun butter and ended up, you know, you know, working out a sponsorship deal with them. But, but they're saying it's proven to withstand temperatures down to minus 70 degrees. Um, I have not actually shot my gun in temperatures that low, but I can definitely attest that <laughs> temperatures down to freezing or slightly below freezing. It works great. Um, it maintains the viscosity up through, you know, freezing up through over a hundred degrees. It stays in place on your gun and it, and it works great. Thank you guys for helping us keep shooting and uh, make this whole thing possible. But you, you forgot to say one thing you always say to me about gun butter. Oh, well, it, it definitely gives you more alphas. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought everybody knew that. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> if you use gun butter, you will shoot more alphas. That's just how it goes. Everybody knows that. We're going to have to make a commercial what you say. <laughs> <laughs> No one can prove me wrong. So. <laughs> That's too funny. That's if you need more alphas, check out gunbutter.com. Yeah. So as a matter of fact, please head on over to Instagram and follow the mad scientists at CSRA shooters on Instagram and CSRA shooters on Facebook as well. And then his YouTube page. What is your YouTube page name? Yeah, so it's just me. It's just David Lyle um, is my YouTube page. There's actually two David Lyles. I've never met the other guy, but we exchange emails back and forth because he gets some of my emails occasionally. I get some of his, but anyway, <laughs> he, I think he's a singer of some sort. That's not me. I don't sing. I'm the guy with the guns. So you, you know, you'll get me. Check out David Lyle on uh, YouTube. And uh, Mike, you and I were talking about doing some M-W tactical stuff on YouTube maybe sometime in the future. Yes, yes. We're going to make it work out. So I'm actually pulling out the cameras more when we're going to be linking up with each other. And speaking of YouTube, I was telling my brother about you because he was like, who's the guy that does the podcast with you? And I sent him the link with you shooting a video. And he thought the video was in fast forward. Well, good. Somebody, I can't remember. Somebody actually asked me that recently. I don't remember who that was. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I don't remember who it was now. But anyways, oh, wow. I, no, I was just not speeding it up. That's just, <laughs> I try to shoot as fast as I can, but. I need to go faster, actually. <laughs> when I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, I could go faster. <laughs> yeah, what, what we do, man, it is uh, unique, I guess, to our sport, man. Nobody really shoots as fast as we do in, in USPSA. But that, that's our game we play. It's uh, points divided by time. So the quicker you can get through a stage, the, the, you know, the higher your hit factor is going to be. Right. That's it. So, um, if you don't have anything else you want to share with the good people, 
I'm going to go ahead and ask everybody, please stay in your seats. And while you're sitting in your seats during these commercial breaks, please pick up your telephones and follow M underscore W tactical on Instagram, Facebook, M dash W tactical and YouTube M dash W tactical. But please stay in your seats and hear a few words from our sponsors. Hi, this is Jesse Harrison, and you're listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry. The Gun Cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. All right, good people, we're back at it again. And this time, I have someone who was on my radar for a long time. The downside to her being on my radar was she was shooting PCC. Nothing against it, but at the same time, I was more fascinated with her footwork and body movements versus how she was pulling the trigger. We all known her. Well, we all know her. We see her all the time on social media. But without further ado, I want to welcome Jessica Hook to the M-W Tactical Podcast. How's it going for you, Jessica? Hey, Michael. It's good to be here. Um, it's going good. Uh, as I, I, I uh, might have mentioned, I'm having a I'm, I'm in the same boat with everybody in that <laughs> I'm probably doing a little more dry fire these days than actually shooting because of this ammo shortage. <laughs> right. Yeah, so the, um, I think I'm in that same boat, but I'm also in belief that if you do more dry fire, I think it's going to pay off for you. For sure. I agree you with that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but I've been doing that for a long time now. So I've seen results, but when I put unnecessary stress on myself, that's when everything gets shut down. <laughs> you know? 
So when I first met you, it was at one of the shows. I can't remember if it was Shot, Shot Show, NRA, but it was someplace. I can't really remember exactly where I first met you at. Then the next time I physically met you, it was um, in Keto Bussy's class. Okay, right, yeah. Here yeah. in Columbia, South Carolina. And then that's when we started talking a little bit more. And um, looking at you shoot on video and then watching you shoot in person, your movements are very smooth, you know? So before we even talk about that, I want you to explain to everybody, who is Jessica Hook? Hey guys, so um, I've been competing for about eight years. Um, I started out doing handgun only in USPSA, and then I grew into three gun, and then I started PCC, which I had been doing um, a ton in the last two years, and then now I'm getting more back into three gun again. Um, so I, I've kind of had my hand in a lot of pots and I just really love competition shooting. I love the gaming aspect of it. Um, and as you had mentioned, the physicality has become, well, it was my ceiling, I would say for, for a while. And so I've started to focus on it in the, the past couple of years before it was like gun handling, gun manipulation, accuracy shooting. Once I kind of got that all under control, then it really became about movement. And I think people will, get to different hurdles at different times. Everyone's gonna be different. Some people I think are just gonna be naturally have a more of an athletic ability when they start, if they have a background in athletics. So maybe that's not what they're gonna struggle with. But for me, that was my ceiling. So that's what I've been working on for the last um, at least year or so. So you had mentioned, so I had seen you in Kita's second class. So I had taken her first class um, and that helped me so much. Um, her book is also a, like a perfect complement to that first class, which is focused on movement. Um, so if you, for me, like I've referred back to her book because it's like an outline for her class, basically. Right, right. <laughs> and so it, she basically broke down the movements into little bite-sized pieces that I could just gnaw on and focus on this one thing, um, just this drop step, just work on this, you know, acceleration into, you know, a, a, a fine point to a stop. Um, she really helped me. So you saw me in class too. So when you say I was smooth, it wasn't without her help. <laughs> yeah, and I want to get to that portion of being more smooth, but everybody who I reference when it comes to shooting are short people, not to make it a joke or anything like that. Uh -huh. But you remember I'm six foot five and everybody who I'm kind of looking at to mimic a game of shooting they're not even six feet tall. Mm -hmm. you know? So I just came to the realization maybe about three, four weeks ago that I need to look at somebody who is as tall as me, watch their videos and study their movements. But Check out Nils Jonathan if okay. you haven't already. He's very tall, lanky, but he can move. <laughs> yeah. So um, when Keita was here, she started like brushing up on movement for me mm -hmm. and I was very happy with it, but I was like, Oh my goodness. I wish I had about six more hours with you. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> we can actually break this down a little bit more. So it's all good, but I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Yeah. So you did say competition drives you. So 
do you prefer multi-gun or static shooting like USPSA or IDPA? Well, I haven't done much IDPA at all, so I can't really compare that. Um, and I wouldn't consider USPSA static shooting. Maybe you were thinking of still challenge. No, um, no. When, when I say static shooting, I'm just saying like one firearm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I have found a benefit in going a, a little bit back and forth. So I like the simplicity of having one gun, which PCC was that for me. I could just only focus on one thing, dry fire on one thing. But at the same time, I get into, like, I, I get into a little box of where I, I can't break out of. Like, for example, um, if I go back to three gun, I ha it forces me to mix up the training a little bit. And I feel like I, it's almost like if I can put PCC in the back of my mind on the back burner, it continues like simmering back there while I focus on something else. And then while I'm focusing on that other thing, it's contributing to my understanding of whatever it was that I was like, sort of putting on the back burner. So I feel like going to shotgun, for example, where I can, it's a wide pattern. So I can just like, you know, scatter shot spray, like I can just move really fast with the shotgun, the quad loading is a whole nother technique that I'm not even considering right now, but I'm just comparing the long gun, being able to shoot and move really fast. And I feel like that kind of re-motivates me to go back to PCC and shoot fast in a different way. Like PCC, I, I'm always trying to get alph alphas. I'm really being precise with it at the same time, but with shotgun, I can stop being precise and start uh, stepping on the gas pedal more. Um, and so I feel like I get stuck in the box of accuracy with PCC and then getting out of the box with shotgun. I can, they both help my understanding of each discipline. Okay. I should say they, they, they push each one. Oh, I got you. I got you. So now in order one being the better three being the least handgun PCC or shotgun in what order does it fall for you? So it depends, <laughs> it depends on my mood. Okay. Um, so in three gun, shotgun is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the quad loading part, but the shooting part is my favorite. And uh, when you've got a, a, a great, I, I, well, we'll get to this, but I was recently sponsored by Beretta, of course, and I'm shooting a 1301. And so that the recoil system in, with the gas piston uh, in the 1301 is softer than the previous Benelli that I was shooting. So I'm really having a lot of fun with it. And it's taken, I feel like I can focus on firing instead of like waiting for my sights to, to settle. I mean, there is a small difference. And it's like, when you're trying to be the best that you can be, those little small differences make a big difference. <laughs> right. So um, within three gun, I think shotgun is my favorite thing. Um, and handgun is the most perishable skill. It, you lose it the fastest if you're not constantly keeping up with it. So I feel like I still have to bring up my pistol game back up to where everything else is. Um, so if I'm just shooting one gun, a match with one gun, then I would choose PCC. If I'm shooting three gun, then it's, then shotgun's my favorite part of the whole match. <laughs> I got, you. I got you on that one. I'm with you on that. Um, I've done a couple two-gun matches, and I've done two three-gun matches. 
And of course, when I done the three gun matches, I was in the military for one match and it was easy for me because everything was handed to me to shoot the match. Now, when I got out the military, I done a three gun. I was like, nope, mm -mm, can't do this. That's too expensive for me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, just the handgun, that is my new favorite because of the competition of being better than you was the last match. Mm -hmm. And it's always the drive. It's almost like when you listen to someone playing golf, the comparison to golf to shooting. That's how I kind of relate it, mm -hmm. since speaking. So tell me about this new sponsorship with Beretta that you have. So, um, yes, this is a recent thing. And um, I have to uh, give credit to JJ Rakaza. He's my, my teammate, and he's the one who um, connected them with me. And so I'm honored and and so happy to, to be affiliated and associated with both JJ Rakaza and Beretta. Um, nice. They have been the most awesome company. But um, part of the reason uh, that I think I really dove into PCC at the time was that um, not there's nothing wrong with Glock. Glock. Glock is super reliable, they're great. But at the same time, I wanted more out of handgun <laughs> and uh so when i got the 92x performance from beretta i was like whoa this is everything that i had ever wanted out of a handgun it's heavy softer recoiling um really easy to 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 as i should say really accurate i'm more accurate with that handgun than i have been with any other handgun and there is a difference you can't you know you if you're a handgun shooter, you do know that sometimes guns do make a difference. Wow, yeah, <laughs> we like yeah. to say it's the, the Indian and not the arrow, but there is something to be said. If you've got like a high performance arrow, it can really make a difference in your game. <laughs> true. That's very true. Very true. So um, the combination of the, the 1301 shotgun and the 92X performance for three gun has really drawn me back to the sport. Now, did you have any like, let me play with your firearm before I commit to it? Or did it just come to you and say, okay, we're going to give you this and then you're going to run with it? So, so um, I, there was a period where I received the guns before, you know, months actually, before we actually announced the um, partnership. So I was able to shoot it before I like finalized the deal. So once I shot them, then I was like, this is, this is everything that JJ said it was. <laughs> nice, nice. So does that mean now that you're going to be shooting more limited or production in USPSA or? So um, if I'm shooting limited, it'll be limited minor using the 92X performance because I'm going to leave it in the configuration for three gun. If I'm shooting that one in a USPSA match, it's basically just to hone my handgun skills that I plan to apply to three gun. If I'm doing otherwise, I'm gonna be shooting a carry optics pistol, which is, okay, this is, these are a lot of little rabbit trails here, sorry. So oh. the carry optics pistol, the, the APX, I had gotten so addicted to the red dot on my PCC that when I went to handgun, I'm like, oh, I wish I had a red dot. I wish I had a red dot. <laughs> um, and so that scratches that itch for me. Like I really wanted to try, this is, carry optics is not a division that I have too much experience in, unlike shooting handgun with iron sights for, you know, the previous eight years. Um, carry optics is a new thing for me. So I'm kind of, I want to explore that. Um, and I'm going to do that with the APX. And so 
PCC is the reason that I'm shooting carry optics. <laughs> hey, it happens. So I'll give that a try. And then obviously in three gun, there's not a carry optics division that just puts you straight into open um, where if I were to go into open just because I'm shooting a carry optics pistol, well, then I'm at a disadvantage with my shotgun because most people have magazine fed shotguns. And so it's like you kind of have to, I'd rather do the 92X performance in three gun and then carry optics in handgun. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Trust me, I get it because there's a lot of people who talk to me about doing various things and shooting. And I'm more like, no, I'm sticking with limited because I need to get to a certain level and I don't want to dance around, find something else I might love. And then, you know, I'm still stuck and I didn't meet a goal. So I want to meet a goal before I go to a next conquest. So I totally get it. I totally understand. <laughs> so um, now you just got finished doing a memorial three gun in North yep. Carolina. You wanna tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, this is awesome. So this was the first year, it's, it was, this year was the third year and that was my first year participating in the match. And so I didn't really fully grasp how awesome and different this match is. I was like, okay, it's a three gun match and we're gonna, we're gonna memorialize some people. We're gonna get to know um, some people who have either died or passed away in in combat or perhaps training accidents or just people who have really served their country and um, they've been nominated to be honored in this match right. so um that just saying that does not give you reverence for what this match really is and how well done it is so it's one thing to have a stage dedicated to this person and um Every once in a while we'd, we'd pause as a squad because for example, a gold star family whose loved one has been honored on that stage is gonna shoot that stage. And so I think it gives me, <laughs> it makes me wanna cry. It gives me chills. Um, take your time, take your time. <laughs> I only have this um, reference because of the, the closing ceremony when they had someone from the family <laughs> or, or a friend who came and talked about that person and you, it really just made you have so much gratitude for what they did. Okay, so I was gonna say, so in a way I wish they could do the closing ceremony at the beginning so that people could spend the rest of the three days thinking about everything. But at the same time, you know, I don't know that there really is a way to, to make, make it backwards. <laughs> but it wasn't until I had seen the um, loved ones do their um, presentation. Basically, they talked about the, the person who had passed um, that you just, it just put life in perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and I became, I just, words can't really describe what that feeling is. <laughs> yeah. I'm having trouble describing it, but um, I, I, the match took on this whole different meeting and the foundation, how much they give back. I mean, they, everything is volunteer. The staff is not paid. Um, even, you know, like for example, the match t-shirts, which were printed, those were donated by whatever clothing company had created them. Like Blazon. everything Blazon. had, okay. Everything had been donated and to give the maximum amount possible. Obviously there are some expenses that they can't get donated, but everything possible that they could give back to the families. And there were 10 that were honored. And so it was split 10 ways. Um, and I think they, they raised 
close to $100,000. And so that got split 10 ways. And so each, each family got quite um, a, a nice uh, check, I, I'd say. Um, not enough, nothing, you know, nothing makes up for, for what they've sacrificed. But at the same time, you know, it was just the, the idea of everybody coming together and everybody giving as much as they could. Um, there was a, a spontaneous auction at the end where Joe Farwell had won um, like this handmade flag off the prize table. One of the, a junior shooter, I think, had made it. And then he spontaneously was like, I'm going to auction this off. And he in, instantly raised I don't know, it was like, you know, $700 more for that flag, you know what I mean? And it was just because people had now fully understood exactly what we're all doing here. And people just wanted to contribute, you know what I mean, financially. And and I, I'm sure like a lot, once you've, you've been to the match, then it's like you want to give back to the match. You're like, okay, now next year, what can I do? Um, so while I'm on the topic, if anybody knows, and I, I was listening to their Q&A, um, and one of the things that they'd like to do for the range officers is provide hotels, which is normally what a major match would do. And I, I don't know that they technically are classified as a major match or not, but by, based on the, the quality of the match, it's certainly a major to me. But um, they would generally be able to use the funds from the match fees to pay for hotels for the range officers. But because they're donating the match fees to the families, well, then it's like the range officers kind of have to find their own way or pay their own way or stay at the friend's house or something like that. So if anybody has a connection to any of the local hotels or any, any way that lodging could somehow be... Uh, what's the word subsidized right. <laughs> getting get touched with the memorial three gun <laughs> yeah um there was a couple people from this area and i know um our vice president of the gun club here linda chico from mid Carolina mm -hmm. rifle club she went there to work it and i think she was doing stats at that match but then we had um one of the match directors from mid Carolina rifle club participate in the competition also and his name is Derek Hernandez so um I didn't ask him about like how the match went because I know it is like a touching ceremony for a lot of people and the first year when they put it out I was invited to go but I had to go take care of family issues down in Georgia with my daughter so I didn't get a chance to do it then but I kept saying I'm gonna do it next year next year came something else took precedence of it and then this year I got word of it, but it was already too late when I, by the time I got the wording of it. So I'm going to try to do it within the next three years. Um, so I can actually say I was a part of it, you know, participating in it, you mm -hmm. know, but I am glad that you had an opportunity to do it. And um, looking at your videos, it looked like your movements were smooth. Um, your shot placements were awesome, but it, it just looked like you had a ton of fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. And then also for um, the introductory video for the podcast, as I put on Instagram for Tuesday, telling people the podcast is up or what time is coming out. I actually used the video from the three gun <laughs> match where I just took the part where you were shooting the handgun. I just edited out everything else. <laughs> but, it looked good. It looked good. <laughs> yeah, well, I do thank you for allowing me to do that as well. No problem. <laughs> so Outside of Beretta and the three gun match, what's next for Jessica Hook? So typically around now would be the off season where I'd be 
in theory, being able to train, but you know, like I said, I'm probably going to be doing more dry firing, right. uh, <laughs> quad loading at home, right. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, just going into 2021 with a a um, I don't know a fire in the belly for for a three gun. I really want to crush it. It's like. Um, I don't know. I get into like whatever it is that I'm focus focusing on at that time. It's what I really get into. So, and I get a little obsessed with one thing or another. And so, whereas some people, like you had said, you want to do one thing for for a long time. I'm I'm the type of person that like I need a break from from something, and in order to come back to it later. Um, with kind of kind of a, a rejuvenation, and so for me, um, I'm really looking forward to to working on shotgun primarily. I can get that's the, at least birdshot. You can get that at most stores still. <laughs> <laughs> still available where you can order it online at least. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is it right there. So. Um... If somebody wanted to contact you, watch your videos, or just follow your journey through the shooting community, how can they follow, contact you? So primarily, um, social media would be Facebook and Instagram, which I'm at jhookshot. Um, and then for YouTube, it's youtube.com backslash Jessica Hook. Um, so that's the primary way. And um, yeah, on there's the Facebook page. You can send me a message, Instagram. Um, message one way or the other yeah i'm around i'm every i'm a <laughs> i'm a little butterfly everywhere <laughs> hey, as long as you're having fun that's all that matters right yeah <laughs> that's it well i do want to thank you for coming on to the m-w tactical podcast and for my cousin i told my cousin because he actually follows you and i told him that I was going to have you on the show and he kept telling me I didn't know you. And I was like, I know more people than you think I know. <laughs> I'm just not going to put it out there like that, you know, yeah. but when he hears this, I'm just going to rub it in his face and be like, I told you. What's his name? I'll tell you when we get offline. Okay. <laughs> well, hi, Michael's cousin. <laughs> That's it right there. <laughs> All right. Um, so Thank you again for coming on to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And anytime you want to come on, just let me know. And um, we can talk about anything you want to talk about within the shooting community. Sounds good. All right. So without further ado, everybody, please stay in your seats and hear a few words from our sponsors. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. 
You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially with concealed carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you can't wait for Tuesday, go listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can even purchase M-W Tactical apparel. But please, go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the two-way community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.